So I'm sitting here thinking randomly one day about movies. That's my thing. <laughs> I love movies. All movies. Well, not all movies, but a lot of movies. I would say horror movies would be my least favorite or least likely to watch. But drama thrillers would be my favorite. I think I got this this random thought because of what someone posted on Instagram or Facebook. I don't I don't really remember, but um, it obviously has something to do with movies. So then, because I love movies so much, I just started looking up the up and coming movies because of all the the shutdowns of for movie theaters and how we were going to watch them. And then I started looking at the cast for movies and uh, you know, Phase Four from Marvel. What what DC was going to try to do for or what was WB was trying to do for DC. And I noticed things that were changing that I thought were rather silly. Let's talk shop. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Let's Talk Shop. Uh, this will be the last episode of the year. So after today, you won't hear from me until next year. Uh, I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I did, even though things were limited because of the the scare of COVID. <clears throat> so I hope everyone has tried to make the best of this year. It sucked, but it could have been worse. So I say next year or start today make 2021 better for you for your family you know for everyone all right <laughs> uh, one of the things i i thought about recently was movies movies have been my thing since i can remember you know, i am a very imaginative person and i love thinking about stuff not to the point where i'm separated from reality but just to be separated from stress and other distractions so sometimes <laughs> the thought gods have pulled those ideas from my head and have blown them into the minds of script writers and directors and producers and you know just the, the movie people in the entertainment industry, you know, regarding movies and TV shows. And those same people make the move, movies that I have thought of. There are some I am still waiting on. Maybe I need to start speaking them into existence, but for the most part, I've been satisfied. <laughs> so, <clears throat> uh, I love dramas, like drama thrillers. Those are, those are probably my, you know, Favorite movies like crime fighting, twists with the hint of an action with you know creative characters and memorable lines. I think of movies like like The Departed, you know, with Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio, Jack Nicholson, Matt Damon, Mark Wahlberg. Um, if you haven't seen it, you need to check that movie out. Uh, similar movies like Inception, Blood Diamond. Uh, the Lincoln Lawyer, you know, all predictable, unpredictable endings with a little bit of twist. Those are my kind of movies. Uh, my second 
set of movies are movies based on comics and novels. So like the Harry Potters or the Superman movies. You know, side note, <laughs> Superman is my all-time favorite comic and movie, period. But, you know, I can't spend time talking about it because I could talk about it all day. So a while ago, I was having a discussion with a coworker who adamantly believes that comic books that become movies should stick to the plot of the comics and follow the comics timeline because of, because of the established writing and characters. So because I'm such a movie buff, I don't think you can do that success successfully. Um, here's why. Uh, people who read books without pictures or people who read comics without movement obviously use their imagination to fill in the blanks. <clears throat> so, you know, a writer could say, for example, the man was tall and the man had black curly hair, thin lips. He had big shoulders and his chest sticks out further than his gut. He's not a fat guy, but he takes care of his body. He's got dirty fingernails and rough hands. He has a weird gimp to his walk, like one leg is bigger than the other. Uh, he wears the worst kind of blue jeans that a man could wear. He has green eyes and a dark, he has dark low eyebrows. And then you can go on and on with, with descriptions. But what's tall to the reader? You know, I'm five foot ten, five foot nine. So a person over six foot would be considered tall to me. But if you are five foot five, then I am tall compared to you. So I was vague on the description for a small reason. You know, how many of you thought of a black man or a white man or any race? I didn't say race. I said curly hair and green eyes. That's not tied to any race specifically either. You know, wearing the worst kind of blue jeans. To me, the worst kind of blue jeans are the ones that don't fit. But someone may think stonewash or, or, or jeans with holes in them. The point I'm trying to make is you have to reach a common ground for your reader and viewer. Uh, what I've noticed in movies based on books, comics, and novels is that they try to do enough writing closest to the comic, but have to find a way to appease the movie buffers that don't read books or comics or novels. It's tough to do. You know, I've watched so many Superman movies and they all start off strong, but somewhere in the timeline, they mess it up. To some people, it's a it's a good movie. To me, I'm like, Superman doesn't kill people. Doomsday wasn't created by Lex Luthor. And I can go on and on. I think you get the point. Writers have to reach the already readers and pull in the movie buffers or just regular movie watchers. That's my argument for why the plots and the story changes slightly. To the committed reader, who has read book upon book, you know, they logically connect these imaginary dots to these non-fictional story and characters. You know, I watched a sci-fi film earlier this week. <sighs> it's not a genre I frequently dabble in. The movies, the movies almost never add up to me or conclude something that isn't, or in my opinion, makes any sense to the storyline. Unless it's unless it's Star Wars. Star Trek, Planet of the Apes, a movie that has to do with time travel, dinosaurs. <laughs> almost everything else, almost don't want to watch it. 
And if I give in, you know, watch the preview or read a plot and I watch the movie, I'm almost always disappointed. I, I would add Godzilla and King Kong and movies similar to that as a good or those are good sci-fi films. But I've I've lost countless hours on giving these movies a chance. <laughs> I'm dwelling. Um but but then you get around a bunch of nerds or a bunch of sci-fi nerds and they can connect the dots in movies where I thought it could it couldn't have been the dots couldn't have been connected and they could have concluded the movie a whole lot better. You know, and these these nerds they they discuss all kinds of of alternative outcomes. What was left in the story unknown? What was left for the viewer to figure out or conclude themselves? And they use scenes in the movie to be to to support these theories. Yeah, <clears throat> not for me. <laughs> I did that for one movie, and it was uh, Inception. But the sci-fi nerds continuously do it to themselves, and they enjoy it. Um, I bring this comp- comparison up because, like the comic reader, um, like the comic reader, they do the same thing with comics. So some of you may pick up a comic and question everything about the plot, the character, the everything. You know, why does this char- character look this way? Uh, why are their power tiers limited and these powers are not? Why is this, you know, why does this person have a cape? Why doesn't this person have a cape? You know, blah, blah, blah. So if a movie group decides to make a movie on a comic or novel or book, they have to change something to help the people who ask so many questions to the point, you know, as a fan that they didn't enjoy it or they won't enjoy it. And I'm cool with that. I I understand that. It's not a political um, or woke or social idea. It's, It's simple logic idea. How a person's brain works. So that's that's not my problem with movies. I don't I don't I didn't think of this until recently and randomly. But my problem is this I'm this is what the show is about. <laughs> this is what the episode is about. My problem is changing characters, um, like changing their race or changing their sex to cater to a specific class or people. Now I brought this idea up to my boo-boo. I said, boo-boo. I don't like Colonel Colonel Fury shouldn't have been black in the Marvel movies. I said the comic book uh, written profile for Nick Fury is this older white guy that wears a blue and black outfit but has no superpower, just a fast thinker, and you know he's you know physically put together. You know he still has the patch over his eye, but I've known Nick Fury to be white. Uh, since I saw him in a comic book in my aunt's basement, uh, in the in my uncle's stash of all these classic comics, and Nick Fury's on the front of this uh, Fantastic Four comic book, he's like right on the cover. I thought nothing of it because I was so young. I didn't see him, you know. I didn't see him again until he was in an episode of Fantastic Four, the animated series. <clears throat> uh, then I saw him in a video game, uh, Marvel's. Ultimate Alliance. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely sounding like a nerd right now, but just just bear with me. So, every one of those were probably in a, you know, like in a, you know, I saw these comic when I was ten, 
you know, I, I watched the cartoon when I was like 12. I played the video game when I was like 15. So, uh, but when he made his debut in Iron Man, he was, he was black. And don't get me wrong. <clears throat> he did a good job as Nick Fury, you know, to, to, to take over. If, if Marvel movies continue to make him in movies because he did such a good job at it, I get it. But, you know, I don't think I could even go on watching another Marvel movie that continues with Nick Fury, like without him or without Samuel Jackson playing Nick Fury because he he's just that established, that guy. But <clears throat> I think, why do that? Why change the race of an already established character, you know, to be the opposite race? You know, why not make a, you know, make a new story? You could easily kill a character, create a new character. Uh, like, you know, how hard is that? If you, any of you follow DC, you know that uh, Hal Jordan was the first Green Lantern. He dies off. And then Jon Stewart is a, the black Green Lantern. Creative writing. You know, for comics, profiles are, are established. You draw the, the character, you create its background, you know, when and where the character was born, the eye color, the weight, all of it. <clears throat> but when you make a movie, you decide to cast the character differently. So that's my first problem. Why change something that doesn't need changing? Why fix something that isn't broken? You know, this isn't an imaginative world. You can make anything up, anything. You can give unbelievable, unbelievable characteristics to anyone. You know, long hair to the to the toes with, you know, shoot knives, whatever. It could be anything. And as I was arguing and pleading my case with my boo, I said, boo, this is how silly this is. And so she's sitting there. She's waiting for me to, <laughs> she's waiting for me to say, what, what, what are you going to say? So I said, <laughs> Will Smith could be Superman. Now, I don't want Will Smith to be Superman because the comic book and the movies have already established him white. My boo said, no, Will Smith couldn't play Superman. I said, why not? She said, he's too silly and goofy. <laughs> and, you know, also she said she couldn't view uh, a black man a black, but she doesn't view black men as nerds or uncoordinated as a white guy. So I said, and you know, this is my comparison for you older people. Uh, Steve Urkel, you know, Steve Urkel transformed into Stefan. I'm just saying. I said, Urkel was goofy, uncoordinated, and a nerd. Stefan was tall, debonair, and handsome. So Will Smith is, to me, perfect for a Superman character. You know, he's an outstanding actor. And some of you may not believe so. And maybe, I'm, you know, this is truly biased because I'm such a big fan of his. But he's played in, like, all kinds of uh, tough roles. You know, think of the roles he's played in. He was he was in Ali. So he played Muhammad Ali. Uh, Concussion, where he played plays a pathologist, Dr. Bennett Amulu, or Amalu. Uh the Pursuit of Happiness when he plays Chris Gardner. So those are movies based on real people. And 
it wasn't Will Smith. He was pretending to be someone else, you know, because he was acting. And then I think of like I Am Legend, where he was in the movie solo for like 90% of the movie. Aladdin, when he plays the genie, you know, he was a superhero and Hancock. He was a villain, but slash protagonist in Suicide Squad. So he could be Superman. But why not write him a superhero character like they did Hancock? You know, I watched the uh, the relaunch of Fantastic Four, and they had Michael B. Jordan, who is also a decent actor. I haven't seen him play a very challenging role yet, but he has done well in the movies he has been casted in. But he plays Johnny Storm, a.k.a. the Human Torch. So his sister is Sue Storm, played by Kate Mara, uh, but she's white. You know, so Sue Storm is white in the comics. Johnny Storm is white, but Michael B. Jordan is black. So if you look up the profile of the comic book, their parents are even established as white. But I guess they have a black son and a white daughter. It's silly to to dial in, but you can do the math. <laughs> so first problem, having a person be a character in a nonfiction film be the or look nothing like the character that has been established you know in some cases like 50 years i, I will say that marvel changed uh nick fury i looked it up i looked it up nick fury uh was black in like 2002 in the comics so the movies didn't fully go off script <clears throat> all right my second problem double standards what if Marvel decided to make Blade, Black Panther, uh, Miles Morales, you know, Spider-Man 2, Storm from X-Men, Luke Cage? What if, what if they made all these characters be played by people who weren't black? Or, um, or in a black uh, fictional character? So... Not just Marvel. I'm not. I'm, that's what I'm saying. Not limiting to, to Marvel. Just any black non-fictional character. So like Spawn. Uh, you know, if anyone knew Spawn, he was a black uh, character. But what if Spawn was white? What if, you know, what if Blade, Black Panther, Miles Morales, Storm, Blue Cage? What if they were white? What if John Stewart was white? You know, the Green Lantern. I'm telling you, the black community would raise hell. You know, CNN, New York Times would call Disney racist. <laughs> they would and you know they would the crazy thing is <clears throat> and I'm I'm only using Disney because one they are very popular entertainment company and two they are consistently changing things in their movies but Disney has been culturally aware since I can remember so their earlier films like Cinderella, Snow White, Rapunzel uh the Little Mermaid, so Ariel and Belle were all established white characters. But Jasmine, she's Arab. Mulan, she's Asian. Pocahontas is Indian or Native American. I don't want to offend anybody. Tatiana is black. Meredith from the Brave, uh, she's Irish. So you got 10 princesses and five of them are culturally different. Hell, they, they even made Lion King, and that took place in Africa. 
So <laughs> there shouldn't be any exceptions for double standards. You know, once the standard is established, it goes across the board. Everything should be held to that standard. Now, some of you, now some of you think these are make-believe movies. Why? Why is it such a big deal? Which brings me to my next issue. Living up to the role. So the other standard is actually fi- uh, filling the shoes of established character. Now, like, just take away race. Uh, so, like, who is your favorite Batman? Who is your favorite Batman? I bring this up because there have been so many Batman movies and stories. But I'm specifically talking about movies. The first Batman film, uh, 1966, was played by Adam West. Now, I'm too young to have seen this Batman when it first came out, after the comics had already established Batman. When I watched that that movie now, or like when I finally watched it, I think how cheesy it was. <laughs> so it was not it wasn't dis it wasn't disappointing, but you know, I was just past that time. So the first Batman film I watched was the Tim Burton's Batman with Michael Keaton. And it's still after these years, all these years, because that movie came out in 1989. I was five. Uh, but after all these years, that's been my uh, favorite Batman. Uh, Michael Keaton was was just so good at Batman for me. He was outspoken, charismatic, you know, that billionaire that turned into the ultimate man of few words, detective. So, but then there was the worst Batman. <laughs> and that was George Clooney. Horrible. Just a bad Batman. They should have just called him Batman. And that that Batman was a well that movie Batman was very well written. I had two bad guys, you know, you had Uma Thurman and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh and then they had like two additional characters added. So you had Robin and Batgirl, uh, who had was Chris O'Donnell and Alicia or Alicia Silverstone, uh, but George Clooney sucked. And you know who else sucked, <laughs> but wasn't as bad as George, was Val Kilmer. And that, too, had a good cast and some good writing. But some of you may agree, some of you may disagree. I thought that the Dark Knight trilogy was very well done by Christian Bale um, and Michael Caine. Hard for any, any Batman after that to fill those shoes. But you, Ben Affleck, or but for me, Ben Affleck surprised me in that Superman vs. Batman film. I didn't expect it. I actually wish he had did another movie. He was he was that rough and gritty kind of Batman, more of a narcissist and angry Batman, one that you know we hadn't seen yet in the movies. But my point is, <laughs> critics are like, "Wow, George Clooney, stick to movies that have no action." or him portraying superheroes. That's just the critiquing of a man trying to fill the shoes of an imaginary man. (laughs) But he fit the physical profile of Batman, just not the idea that has been established for years. So how would a person look if they didn't fit the physical characteristics first? Now, someone like Nick Fury was a small character it can easily be overlooked because of the lack of knowledge of the character from the from the movie watchers. 
But what about someone like Ariel, you know, white, redhead, uh, mermaid? Uh, can, we, can we make her black? Or she's black, so in this up and coming movie. So rather, is it a good idea for her to be black? <sighs> for like the last 31 years, she has been white. Why are we changing that now? You know, my personal opinion is because it's, it's a, it appeases the black audience and the guilty white audience. Seriously. Lately, we've been going through these socially woke phase because that's what it is, a phase. And while we are in this phase, we are placing black people into white established character roles. In doing so, there is this pressure, in my opinion, just my opinion, that this person must perform better than voices that have played this character in the past. There has to be a recreation in where the audience accepts it and deems it worthy. But now there's a weird evaluation. You know, did she do a good job or did he do a good job? Or are we saying she did a good job not to step on the toes of the group that follows her? Could this open up the floodgates for other popular white character characters to, uh, characters <laughs> to be played by black actors? Which brings me to my last and final issue. Representation. <laughs> so I think when writers and producers are like, what do we do next? Let's let's remake something. Here's my plan on remakes before I go into representation. Remakes can only work if the movie being remade was before its time. Like a sci-fi film that, that didn't have good special effects. But now we have like you know, ridiculous CGI to help that movie experience be better. You know, for example, King Kong and Godzilla. Awesome ideas for movies, but the special effects for that movie made it look like the clay fighters or, or stuffed toys destroying Christmas lights behind a cardboard box with little squares and rectangles drawn on it to look like buildings. I was even impressed when they, they kind of remade Blade Runner. More of a part two, but in the relations of a remake. I think you get what I'm saying. More technology can lead to making movies more believable. But like Tim, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, that saga was great. When I watched that in the 90s, it was great. No need to remake that. They, But, but they did. And what they did was horrible. <laughs> Total Recall could have used a remake. Well, it had a remake, but the do-over was horrible. So I can make a list of good remakes and bad ones, but the fact that only movies that are ahead of their time should have been remade. At some point, people just need to come up with something new, be original, write a new character, make new stories. It's your imagination. You could get a five-year-old to write something creative. All you gotta do is fill in the blanks. Life is filled with never-ending stories. Or stories that have have never been told, but they're you know they've been told, but there's so many angles to tell it. <sighs> what I'm getting at is instead of remaking films or making films with established characters, why not make new character? It's fake. You can do what you want. 
Don't make a black person play the role of a white princess. Just make a new black princess. There are 54 countries in Africa. One of them can't make the story for a princess. And it's not like we don't have the people or writers or representation in one of the words I've heard. This is, I'm just saying representation because it's one of the words I've heard to describe blacks in films. There are plenty of representation and positive representation uh, in films that are, are, you know, people that are black. You know, the first people to come to mind other than Will Smith is like Denzel Washington, you know, Forrest Whitaker, Morgan Freeman, Lawrence Fishburne, Wesley Snipes, uh, Glover, Tate, Cheadle, Murphy. It's That's just to name a few. You know, they, they all have been in some of the best films we know. You know, if you think of the women like Pam Greer, Holly Berry, uh, Regina King, Viola Davis, Regina Hall. Jada, Queen Latifah, Eartha Kitt, you know, the list can go on. And those are just your actors and actresses. What about your writers, directors, or producers? It's like, let's go. Like Spike Lee, uh, John Singleton, uh, Gary Gray, Tyler Perry, Ice Cube, <laughs> The Waynes, uh, Courtney Kemp. There is black representation. And every time I... I get to the end of these episodes, I feel like I'm, I'm missing something. Like I'm forgetting a point to make. <sighs> but I've, I've gone on long enough. So I guess I'm, I'm just going to conclude right here <laughs> before I go off a deep end. I feel like I was, my blood was boiling. But be creative. You know, as a Society, we should expect more. Set the bar. You know, no double standards. Anyway, Merry Christmas. Celebrate Christmas with your family. Life isn't guaranteed. Stay safe. See you next year. Until next time, guys.